You know, leadership in my mind has always been very much about servant leadership, right? Sure. And and it's very important. I didn't know that term until a few years ago, but it, I recognize that it describes the style that I, I think is important for anybody that's in a position that leads, particularly in a, in a public organization, right? I mean, you're there for really only one purpose, and that is to make things better for other people. And while the job does you know, impact you personally, it's also something that you have to fully recognize that you're there to help make the organization better. I mean, in, in the case of the mayor, you're there to make the community the very best that it can be. You said something to the effect that you'd started, you never saw yourself. Oh yeah. Starting out your career and what you were doing as being a mayor one day. Right. So maybe we could start like sure, really there. Good, yeah. When you were coming up through your, your early years and studying, what were your, you know, personal aspirations? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yep. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I um, it, it didn't really dawn on me that I would want to be going, getting into politics in any way, shape or form. But I guess had I had the perspective at that time that I now have today and I had the opportunity to look back and see where I was really going, I, maybe it, there would have been some clues. I did end up running and was successful in my, you know, in my grade eight year at being the student council president, president yeah, um, which I didn't think much of, of course, at the time. And and I have done lots of things throughout my my growing up life that um, were, I suppose, leadership types of opportunities and 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 serving in different ways and getting to know the community. Um, and I've always really liked that. I've I've always been the person that if something was going on, I wasn't the person to stand back and be quiet about it. But I couldn't help myself but jump forward and and see if I couldn't find myself in a leadership role to make things better. So right. grade eight, right? Is that yeah? So you're sitting in grade eight. Go back and think. Uh, tell me, like it wasn't a moment. Okay, it's grade eight, so therefore I will run. You were probably having these thoughts, grade seven. You were watching the person who was the president at the time. Did you notice this kind of thing or did it just yeah. land in your lap or did somebody tell you about it? How did it exactly go? You know, I, I, I've, actually, I've actually given that some thought and, and no, it wasn't like that. I always seemed to be able to lead in a, in a subtle way. I, I didn't mean to do it. It just, it just kind of happened. I mean, people would, would follow my lead in in school and when the when that all came up in elementary school i i mean i don't remember the the details sure. of it it was a long time ago sure. but you know i remember thinking well you know i i would be a good person to you know lead this initiative and and so i put my name forward and you know i had lots of people that wanted to help me to you know get elected so to yeah. speak and um and it's been like that pretty much every single time since that time. So when you got into being school president or student council president, do you have any idea what it it entailed? No. Okay. <laughs> Not in grading. I okay. mean, it was, I mean, in a lot of ways, the 13 or whatever it is, year old mind, I mean, I don't think really works in the same way as it I was. Curious. Like, I was just curious. Yeah. Like, but you had a plan, you studied yeah, it. You know, it's one of those things where I think I've always felt without actually being necessarily very conscious of it that you know i was going to be the person that would help to move things along and and i i, I love working with other people and um you know leadership in my mind has always been very much uh about servant leadership right sure. and and it's very important i didn't know that term until a few years ago but it, i recognize that i think it describes the style that i i think is important for anybody that's in uh, a position that leads particularly in a, in a public organization, right? I mean, you're there for really only one purpose, and that is to make 
things better for other people. And while the job does you know, impact you personally, it's also something that you have to fully recognize that you're there to help make the organization better. I mean, in, in the case of the mayor, you're there to make the community the very best that it can be. And I, I do feel very passionate about my community and, and, and that passion has grown from it being just a place where I lived to yeah. my home. And we have roots here. We love this community. I love how far we've come and I love the prospect of where we are going to go. And I wanted to be a part of that. And, um, and you know, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the people who you represent. And there's lots and lots and lots of good people that are, are with you um, on, on that journey along the way, right? Including, in my case, my members of council, yeah. um, community supporters, and, and uh, members of the community who don't always agree with us. Sure. We're all on the same journey. And, uh, and ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is make our community the best that it can be. Well, it's a lot of the same parallel. I mean, going back to the the, the student council president, I mean, you, you had people who wanted to run for the same position. After, you know, you you won that role, they were still there as part of school. They were still part of the people who you looked out for. Yep. When you've ever stepped into leadership roles before this one here, um, even starting with that one, did you discover after, okay, I, I, I guess I'm the leader now. Yeah, okay, I'll get to work. What were from your earliest recollections, the challenges you noticed you kept facing as a leader over and over again? Well, it's like, yeah, what do you recall? Well, I mean, you know, leading the 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 larger the and more diverse the organization that you're trying to lead, the more complicated the role becomes, of course, right? Right. Um, and I know that, you know, when I was uh, president of, of a professional organization, Professional Photographers of Ontario, actually, which was a trade organization that I was involved with we were all pretty much, you know, working in the same direction for the most part, but there's still within that group, there were still lots of different uh, opinions on how we get there. Right. But once you, if you compare that to like a, a city, there are very infinite uh, numbers of different opinions and directions and ways of doing things. But I think the commonality is that we all want the same things out of life on a, on a very basic you know, element. I mean, we want the community to be safe. We want the community to be clean. We want the community to be a dynamic place to raise a family or to run a business. And those really, those are the commonalities that we need to always remember, um, both as elected officials and leaders in the community, but also as members of the public, right? There's uh, obligations on, on the members of the public uh, as part to make sure that they're conscious of, you know, what it is do they want out of the out of the elected officials to create the things that we all need in our community. I know that's very uh, simplistic, but that I find that very exciting to right. be able to to know that there are commonalities that were no matter where you're from, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, we're all pulling in the same direction. So the challenge would be taking in all this feedback from everybody. Again, even going back to those days, the early days. I think we should do this. I think we should do this. I think we should do this. Yep. And so when you were doing this from your, from your, even your earlier roles as leaders, um, and we'll get to the mayor part as well, but I'm really curious because I, I really would love for, for me to understand, you know, I've, I've talked to you a little bit about how I study and look at leaders like yourselves. And I thought, you know, was it always, was it always like that? You know, were you always thinking were you always feeling the same, uh, the challenges that you were facing? So when you were going back to those days, even back in public school, wherever it was, how, how did you sit there and manage to say, 
well, we're going to end up doing this. We're going to end up doing this. Like, how did yeah. you do it? Well, I think you know, it's, that's actually an interesting question. I think, you know, um, I always... <laughs> I always wish that I was older when I was younger yeah. and had the wisdom uh, you know, yeah. that I have at the moment, which I'm sure won't be as much wisdom as I have in, you know, if, in a number of years from now. But when I've started out in leadership roles, I mean, a lot of the, those roles were not as deeply understood as I would understand them today. You're the leader in the community and that means something to you personally. And, and that's, you know, th that's a bit of an ego thing. But I, I think there there's was, nothing wrong with feeling good. No, there isn't. Absolutely right? not. But I think when you're, as you get older, you yeah. start to realize that part of the personal fulfillment that you get in a leadership position is that you are making good things happening for your fellow citizens, for for the people who who are around you, and that to me is is really a real kick. And and mm. I think you'll find that that most leaders uh, that are that are in public office like myself that has to be a part of of how they feel or they wouldn't do it yeah right this job isn't always as glamorous as it might appear to be and and you know knowing that you've done good things for the community is a good thing and and further to what you're saying before you know I I, I reflect on you know some of the more difficult decisions that we've made on council that throughout my time you know as, as a leader in a municipal level a lot of times the disagreement isn't necessarily a disagreement on the end result. It's a disagreement on how to get there. Yeah. Right. right. And, and I think that's important to understand is that, um, you know, again, getting back to, we all really want the same things right. and it's a matter of, do we take this road to get there or do we take this road to get there? And people will have definite opinions, um, uh, about that. And, um, it's exciting to be able to bring people together, to help them to understand and, and be on the same page that, you know, we are, are all trying to get to the same place. It's just a matter of, you know, how we get there. Uh, I think I couldn't agree with you more when you see, even if it's something like in other leadership roles, it was about organizing events, for example, now you're organizing the city, right? But in nevertheless, when you see it all come together at certain at certain milestones, at certain moments, you're like, hey, that was great to be a part of yeah. and to, to, to bring this all together. And it could be something, you know, um, like significant, like a change in policy or the results of funding coming in for a group of people that really, really needed it or a, a, a park bench that invites people to come and turn together, right? Like yeah. that, it's, it's all part of it. Absolutely. And you celebrate all of these wins. Uh, so, you know, as you were, as you were kind of growing up and, uh, you know, you said you didn't make much of it, right? Because right after that, you said you wanted to get into photography. Yeah, at a, at a yep. public school or high school, yep. you said yep. I want. Why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you want to be a photographer. I was interested in photography, like so many people are, for sure. a, a really long time. So I, you know, got quite inspired uh, about that, and I spent a hundred dollars and and bought a camera and uh, you know a couple of lights, and it kind of grew from there. So the the first wedding that I ever photographed, my dad had to drive me to because I wasn't sixteen yet. And I told him, I said, just stay, park a long way away. I don't want them to know I'm that young. Yeah, right. Um, but it was good. I mean, in that, um, you're running your own business. I mean, it was, I was running th that business as a hobby. Sure. For a long time when I was really young. Uh, but my wife and I went to a conference in the States about photography. She tagged along and she had a good job at IBM. And I remember one night she said to me, she says, yeah, I'm going to quit my job when I get home and work full-time at the business, you're going to quit your job. I was a teacher. 
at that time. Okay. And we'll both run the business. And I, it was very uncharacteristic of M- M- Michelle, my wife, to say that, but um, for some reason it just resonated and, and we, we did it and we ran a very successful and very rewarding business. Uh, we met so many great people over the years, shared so many of their life moments with them. Um, and it really was an incredibly enriching experience. Um, I'm not running that business anymore. I just don't have the time, but uh, it was a really wonderful part of my life. And I think that really, you know, being a leader uh, in a business and, and leading employees and, and leading folks when you're working with them as clients was a, a very good opportunity. What were you teaching? I taught grade five. Uh, actually, I taught grade five, and then at the last year that I, I knew I was going to be uh, winding down the teaching career and starting full-time in photography, I taught kindergarten. And uh, that was actually something I promised myself going to teacher's college I would never do because I didn't want to have anything to do with really little kids like that. But it was the most fun experience uh, I've ever had. It was, it was you know, a lot of fun, you know, guiding those little little folks and hearing the things that they say on a daily basis. Well, I mean, it's interesting now I see the parallels. So like even teachers, I, if there's two professions that are like to me, the most highly respected teachers are one and you know, the, the healthcare givers, nurses are yeah. to me, the, the two of those to me rank the highest there, but teachers, uh, so it starts making sense that you're out there, you've been teaching, uh, looking to, for the development of these others. And there's a lot of reward aside from, you know, you could be doing other things with time, but seeing them, the students, and especially when they're grade five, you see them later come back or come around or when you run into them again, and then they re- they remember you and they're like, Hey, you know, Mr. West, I had a great time in your class. And yeah, actually that happened to me the other day. I, I uh, paid by credit card. My name was on the credit card and and a, a student that I had in my very first year wow. recognized me. And yeah. I, I actually remember him very, very well. But I think, you know, it's funny. The thing is with, with teaching is that uh, I think I was a pretty good teacher, but I think I always looked up at that time and really look up to teachers now who have done it for a number of years because the wisdom teachers have at that age that they can always give back to you know so many kids is is really amazing and and it is it's an incredible job i i have a number of family members that are teachers and the ease at which they seem to be able to do a fantastic job and i know that they're working very hard but they just they look so comfortable in in doing that and they they know what to do and 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 how to really reach uh, young people. And I mean, how many of us in our lives have, you know, can remember uh, moments in our education where some teacher made a significant difference in our lives. And, uh, you know, I, I really admire that. I still admire that today. You know, even the teachers that we might not remember that we didn't think made that significant, you know, impact on our lives. It's interesting uh, as a teacher and even as a mayor, like you got these people, like your students, your constituents, you're serving them. Um, some of them, probably most, uh, more, more often than not, uh, some of them will come to you and say, hey, here's an apple <laughs> or yep. thank you. But most of them will come in and come out. Yep. And as much as you know you're delivering value, they're not going to go out of their way necessarily to say, hey, great job. Nor will their parents necessarily come up to you because they're busy. They're doing what they're doing. But gosh, if there's a little thing that goes wrong. Yeah, everyone seems to show up. It's yeah. just like a, there's a lot of parallel there. I, I think that's probably true to some extent. I think my experience when I was teaching, though, is that if you kept your eyes open, you could always see the appreciation that the the, the kids had on a daily basis. 
and and oftentimes the parents too. I mean, you know, I think parents are busy and and they're maybe they're reacting to things that they're not happy about more so than they're they're reacting to things that they are happy about. But I think if you look carefully, you can you can see, you know, you're doing a good job and that people are appreciating what you're doing. I mean, the same goes with being in politics sometimes too, right? You know, I think you have to be confident enough in your ability to know you're doing the right thing and that you're you're not looking for the thank yous necessarily, but if you keep your eye open, you can see them there in subtle ways. True. So had Michelle not said this, mm -hmm. you could still be a teacher. Mm-hmm doing photography like when you were a teacher were you looking into the future saying this is what I'm going to do next or you were enjoying being the teacher um I was enjoying the teaching but I was really really enjoying the photography and and okay. while I went to teachers college I was doing the photography and while I was um you know the first few years that we were married um we you know I was doing more and more of it um and the teaching was uh was I, I enjoyed it, but the photography was my passion, and it was it was what I wanted to do, and uh, it was you know what um, really gave me a, a great deal of of pleasure, more so than than the teaching, which I did. I was I loved that job, but it was it was this passion, and it was also the excitement of of doing something on your own, right? Like like not working for anybody, and when. My wife Michelle uh, decided to to join me in this. It was a like it was a team effort, and we ran that thing very passionately uh, for many many years. And 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 while my son was growing up, we had a boy at some point during that whole process. Um, you know, it really became like so many family businesses a real a real family effort, right? So, so as a photographer too. Now, I mean, this is another area that that complements and brings you into the role. Like you, um, you you now develop that eye. Right to see angles, to to look at people, to to notice things about them, whether it's their, you know, what's going on physically, but even sometimes probably you pick up on emotion just by looking mm -hmm. at them and try to capture that into your, you know, into your photograph. So you develop the eye. Yeah, I, I think so. I I think one of the things you know we we specialized in people photography, and and I I, I mm. think that's a natural thing for me. I really like I love dealing with people. I love talking to people. Um, and I, I mean, I certainly never thought this would lead anywhere. Um, but I think looking back on it, right. um, being with people at some of their emotional and intimate times in their life, right? They're getting married. They're, you know, having uh, an event like a communion or a bar mitzvah or something like that. You're with the family at a moment where they're themselves and they are counting on you to to record that event in a very respectful and way. I mean, it's really a, a great deal of trust. And I yes. think looking back on that, and I certainly didn't recognize this as that at the time, but it was a, a very important moment in my uh, growing up as a person to be able to recognize, you know, these people for who they are and, and to really um, understand people on a, on a, you know, on a really good level, because as an elected official, um, these are the people in your community that Absolutely. you're representing. And, and these are the things that are, you know, the, the things that are important to people. You know, it's important that we all recognize that as, as community leaders. So there's, um, there's leadership, there's servitude, there's passion, there's trust. And all of these things are really starting to come together in your life. And all without necessarily there being this intention that I'm going to get into politics. Yeah. Because you could have gone and studied poli-sci yeah. and you could have studied law and yeah. like so many of the other sort of pathways that lead 
into community service and civil service and you know and leadership um, that that you see around you probably in, in others that have been in your roles or others around you so then <laughs> was it Michelle that said okay you're gonna do or wh- where where did it start coming up that you started noticing um, you know what's going on in this community and this matters to me and I want to say something about it yeah how did that evolve well so I, I, I there was an opportunity to take over for a counselor that had how did you know about that I was actually uh, becoming a little bit more politically active through uh, being the chair of the Board of Trade right. on the Government Affairs Commission, a Committee at the Board of Trade and getting to know the workings of the, the city. And I found it fascinating. Right? So you like, joined the Board of Trade as a photographer, right? Like that's a, right. For your yeah. photography as a business. Yeah. Okay. So that was the... Is yeah. that the beginning of it? It was. And again, I didn't recognize that huh. time. I became the Government Affairs Committee Chair. Again, I'm not really sure how that happened, but it did. Right. Um, and so I was dealing a little bit more closely with councillors and with the council and, and other levels of government as well. Right. And uh, that was certainly the a, a heart of the growing that got me to wanting to become a, a member of council. But when, when the opportunity to take over for a, a member of council that was retiring came up, I, I put my name forward and there was a whole bunch of people that did. And, and right. the, the council picked me to be the, the replacement for the year. Um, and then I ran in the, the, the election and I've run ever since. But at the time, I wasn't sure whether that's really what I wanted to do. Um, but it was something that I felt uh, a responsibility because I felt that I needed to do it in order to give back in the way that I needed to give back to the community. And, you know, I did have a vision of what uh, I wanted the community to be, to be like, and I wanted to make sure that um, I was going to be able to be a positive part of that. And, you know, my, my wife and, and son were very uh, supportive of that at the time and, uh, and, you know, have been very supportive ever since. And I think, you know, both of them also share uh, a real passion for the community as well. And, and that's really important to me, uh, to, to know that there's, uh, you know, when the, the, the going gets tough, the, my, my family is, is there to support the vision that, that we all share. And, you know, that's, that's, I don't know how you do this without a supportive family, but I, you know, I, that's just me. Yeah. That government affairs committee, I mm-hmm. tell you, you know, when, when I first heard about that government affairs committee, I was thinking, keep that as far away from me <laughs> as, I mean, I, I joined the board of trade and it's great for you know, networking and, and meeting these other businesses and giving back, helping these other businesses in the community. And you hear about the government affairs committee and I would hear, as you sit on the, on the, on the board, you hear reports coming yeah. out of the government affairs committee. And I was like, at my first reaction, to be honest, was like, yawn, yawn, like, what are they doing over there? Spending hours talking about things. Yeah. Um, that was my first reaction, to be honest. But then I um, started thinking that why? would people spend this much time mm-hmm. go through this much you know uh effort mm-hmm. for seemingly no result like what what's the result over there yeah so when you came out of being a photographer and honestly a photographer if your passions are strong in photography you are an artist mm. you're an artist yeah versus here where there's a lot of structure you do it this way you can and you can't yeah did you feel that transition at first like did you feel it that moving into the government first committee couldn't have been that like organic yeah i I fit right in here this is how it well i think you know being the chair of the government affairs committee it was again leading my fellow businesses that were with members of the board of trade sure to have a better business environment 
in in Richmond Hill. Okay. But the one thing about the Richmond Hill Board of Trade, uh, Chamber of Commerce that it was called yes. at the time, was that they were very much of a, a like it was a business organization and still it, I, they still are like this, but it's very much a community organization. Like they build a great community for businesses to, to thrive in. And right. that's, I've always been very inspired by that. It's not just a business organization. And um, I guess when you look at the work that the Government Affairs Committee does at, at the time, and still does, I think, and you distill down whatever the policy is that you're talking about, it's still all about making the community better, right? It's right. making the community for be better for businesses. It's making the community better for the people that live here. But you're not doing it through photography anymore. No. You're but, doing it through, right. you know. Yeah, but, it, but in, and again, that's maybe an extension of, it's just another way to help, right? And right. Um, I always really enjoyed that experience. Um, and it, the other thing I found really inspiring about that is that, you know, you're not being a dictator and, and, and making this happen because this is the way you think. It's listening to the other members of the committee, listening to the needs of the constituents who, who in that case are your your fellow businesses in in the city and making it better for everybody and it's the same that I, I you know i also find that very inspiring and, and i find that inspiring in my job today and every other leadership organization that i've ever been a, a, a part of is that it's really great to be able to work with equally passionate people mm. and my ideas are not necessarily always the best ideas um, it maybe they get the conversation started, but we'll often end up in a place that's even better. And it's better because you're listening to the other people that are around you. And, you know, in the, in the position that I'm in now as mayor, I mean, I have a, a very great staff, I mean, a, a, the, across the entire corporation. I mean, I always joke with people that any answer you want on any subject is known somewhere in the organization. You just have to find the person that knows the answer. Right. right. The elected colleagues that I have on council are, are doing a great job right now. And, and you know, we're, um, we're doing a really good job, I think, in, in having discussions that are, are passionate and sometimes not in the same road that we're going to get there. But eventually we, we work it out because, you know, it's a respectful conversation. We, we respect that, you know, everybody has good ideas and we just need to, you know, filter them out, put them together and then come up with the, the plan that reflects all those ideas. And that's not the leader's job isn't necessarily to say, well, this is how we're doing it. Yeah. The leader's job is to say, okay, everybody, you're all here for a reason. You're all here for the same reason to make the community better. How do we do that most efficiently? And, and we put all those ideas together. Yeah, I think um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, sitting now on the government first committee, and finally, they they finally reached out and said, "Hey, you want to you want to do this?" And after a whole bunch of hawing and humming, I finally said, Let, right. "Let's give it a they shot." Finally, gotcha. And yeah, and it was my first meeting there, we were actually looking over all of these resolutions that were going to be sent out to the mm. to the I think it was Ontario or Canadian yeah. Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, and it was a two and a half hour meeting. And I said to them, I said, is this like how you initiate the new guys? Yeah. But it, it, when I saw the, there had to be dedication there. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just people on the board of trade. There were counselors there. Uh, there were other people from other parts of the, the, the community that come together on yeah. this committee. Yeah. And I, like the level of admiration and respect I have for these guys, I was like, wow, look at the work that they're doing. It's it's not it's not very seen. Like you said, it's not very glamorous no. all the time. There's, no. there's actually a lot of, this, there's some, some tough, like, you know, mind work, but while you're doing that, you're not doing photography, right? Like mm -hmm. you're not, you said you're very passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So at some point in time, like you said, when the role of the counselor comes up and you apply, mm -hmm. there had to be this, 
this awareness in you going, if I do that, yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to have to let go. Yeah. How did you, how did you reconcile that when you were making that move? Well, it, it was, it, yeah, it's, it, it was hard because I mean, letting go of something you love to potentially, uh, jump into the unknown and do something that you think you're going to love as much or more right. is, you know, it's always uh, a little bit, what's the unknown, right? Yeah, everyone loves the photographer, yeah, yeah, exactly. but not everybody yeah. gives kudos no, to no. the guys in the council. Yeah. But I think, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to have, have run the business for such a long time. I mean, I started very young. It seems to me today in looking back, kind of the natural progression, I did not recognize that at the time necessarily, but um, hmm. but it was a progression from one thing to the other thing. And, uh, you know, I think we're lucky in life when we're able to, to successfully do that. And I have been very fortunate in, in that and other, you know, transitions that I've made in my life that, um, you know, they seem like big changes at the time, but I don't think they were as big a change looking back huh. as, as they would have, because I think that, that all of the things that came before, uh, were good training for what came next in in this particular case. So the, yeah. the jump from one to the other, it, it wasn't as big a leap as it might have seemed at the time. I call them chapters, you yeah. know, like chapters right. in your book. Like yeah. you're, you've had a really good chapter yep. teacher, good chapter yep. photographer, and you know when you're writing your chapters, there's a beginning and there's an yep. end to the chapter. Yep. So what's the next chapter? Yep. And this, like you call it, the progression and the transition into what you're doing. Yep. But as you were going into that now... Uh, I mean, some blunt questions, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you ever feel, I mean, it might've been said to you directly, or you might've just felt it that you don't belong here, man. You're a photographer, you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. We've come from, you know, policy. We understand the workings of a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've sat on get committee, but what are you doing here? You're mm-hmm. out of your place. You're yeah. out of your realm. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. There's different ways to get to be a politician and you're right. I mean, people in that are poli- you know, poli- poli- politicos. Uh, that are really interested in that. That's one way. Because they have the passion for that. Absolutely. And and a lot of times lawyers or people that are in business are are there. Um, but I guess the thing is, I've never felt that way. Be, be, and I, I've thought about it, but I, I think the reason is, is that um, I was a successful business owner. I, I spoke this morning, actually, to a, mm-hmm. a business conference that we were hosting at the city. And, and uh, I completely re- relate to all of the things that that these attendees at this conference are are there for because they're you know they're learning to be better entrepreneurs. I I, I understand that. Um, running a business, I think, was an incredibly important part of my life, and and running a business that was a small business on my own, uh, you know, with my family, uh, was whether you know we're not counting on anybody else. It's us. That that was a good part of it, and all the people skills that I learned in in my my past life as a photographer. Those all lead me to what I think are the most important thing in my role today, and that is people. I mean, all of the other stuff is important, but it's the it's the dealing with the and understanding and being compassionate to the needs of the community really is the bottom line. I mean, there is nothing else in my mind that's more important to that. And I even felt at the time, I, I'm pretty well equipped with all the experiences that I've had in my life to be able to, to do that. But I think that's something that we sometimes miss in politics now, right? Is is that understanding, you know, with all that's going on in Canada right now and in the States, uh, especially like it's all drama, but it really isn't, it's what's, it, what's, it's what makes the news, but it isn't the bottom line, what's going on in, you know, in your community on the ground. 
We visited Queen's Park yesterday, and I have a lot of admiration for people that serve at a provincial and federal level because that's that's a whole other level of complicated right. leadership. Right. But the my my passion has always been right at the ground floor because you're you're dealing directly with you know the the person that phones you up that they forgot to you know pick up their garbage. They you're yeah. dealing with the person that says you know the. There's a bylaw infraction somewhere in in town. You're dealing with you know people's concerns about you know traffic and and the environment and, right. and and these are all things that are happening like right there. They're not happening in some other place in the country or in the world. They're happening right where I live, and that's what I find uh, most passionate. And and I I think most people who love people and love their community are are fully equipped to be able to do this job. And those are the kinds of, you know, when we talk about people participating in a local democracy or young people getting involved, you don't need a special set of skills to start out, you know, being a servant leader and leading in different uh, parts of your community. Most people have the, that, that toolkit, you know? It's really interesting to hear you say that. And you're at like, you know, at the, at the top level of what you're doing, um, cause we come from maybe a generation where it's about qualification. It's about, you know, having their certificate. It's about, and those are important things cause they developed, you know, you learn certain specifics and you develop that discipline, uh, the way those students learn to develop it. So yes, there's importance to that, but I'm hearing you say, if I'm understanding you, that you can come from any walk, um, so long as you have. And they, they used to call these things, and they, I think they still call them soft skills or mm -hmm. the intangibles, mm -hmm. right? But they seem to be very present there. And then you add compassion into the other things that's like, you know, passion, trust, you know, servitude. And you come up with a person who's not just seeing themselves as qualified, but who's, who's also probably got people behind them that are saying, no, actually, this person cares. Yeah. <laughs> and caring is like, yep. you know, like one of the probably the front yeah, inequalities. I, I think that's really important. I mean, we, you know, politicians don't know all the answers to all the questions. I mean, I'm, I have a even the ones with the poli side. No, right? I, I like, have, I have a specific right. set of things that I find very interesting. I, I, I was always very passionate in university about anything that had to do um, with, you know, natural science and and the way the the world, the environment works, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I know a lot about that kind of stuff, and I'm very, very specifically interested in those types of things. But we are not expected to know everything about everything. And and I'm, you know, getting back to the, the quality of the staff that we have in the city of Richmond Hill, I find it fascinating to have the opportunity to sit in a room and talk to somebody about the functioning of a stormwater pond. Yeah. I had no idea that that was so complex and, and, and complicated. And, and the people that are doing that work in the city of Richmond Hill are passionate yeah. about that subject. Yeah, they care for the environment, they yeah. care for, yeah. Wait, waste. You know, we were, I was joking at regional council the other day that we had a a tour of an energy from waste facility that we have in in York Region, and and I, I mean the chemistry and the and the systems that go into disposing of our waste in different you know different forms of waste is is actually really uh, fascinating. But I don't need to know all the answers to that because we have people that do, and they they will give us good policies that we then have to look at and say, well, is this policy from these experts, uh, good for our community, and knowing the people and knowing the community is the is the part that politicians at this level um, really need to know. You know, yeah. we become well versed at a lot of different subjects, but we're 
you know, we don't have to be specifically trained with a university degree in, in microbiology in order to do, right. to make decisions about that, right? Well, um, I mean, I think that that's, that's something to be said there. You get to, you get a firsthand look. You're invited into the discovery moments by the experts. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people don't get that invitation. They're sort of just hearing about it or never even know that that facet of the city exists, mm -hmm. like you just talked yeah. about, like all the science that goes into it and all the expertise that are involved that come together. You know, it's it wasn't some sort of um, haphazard decision made by, you know, whoever's nephew or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's important for people to know. Uh, but you couldn't have been the first and only person that moved into being counselor without any challenge. <laughs> so like, no. what, what, were, what were the challenges along the way as you were making that your first transitions into being counselor, like what was the first moments you're like, oh man, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is a little bit tough for me. Yeah. And it, it, it is, I mean, we, counselors are asked to make difficult decisions all the time and, uh, it's a glorious moment, but it's rare when there's a decision that we make that's truly good for the community. It's an important decision for the community and every single person agrees with you. We cherish those moments when they happen, but it doesn't happen all that often. But um, I think the thing that needs to be firmly held on to is, is are you making the decision in the best interest of the community? And is it the best decision we can make, right? And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a big responsibility, but I think as politicians, we need to be um, courageous enough to stand up and do the homework, make sure you've, you've, you've done all the due diligence that you possibly can before a, an important decision like that is being made. And the question is, is this best for the community? And if the answer is yes, then it's probably a good decision. But yeah, we, I mean, politicians make difficult decisions all the time. And, um, you know, I think they need to be made with honesty. You need to, you know, do your homework and uh, make sure that the decision is being made in a way that that really is the best decision that it can possibly be but listen there's all kinds of challenges and uh you know rich give me one for example like what's the yeah. real struggle keep like yeah what do you struggle with or well, what did you struggle with at first yeah it's interesting in the in the 10 years that i've been on council that the struggles have changed sure. right um, Richmond Hill right now is is a is a community that's very much coming into its mature state, right? And we are, as you know, the late Dave Barrow used to say, um, we are building a city in a town, yeah. right? And I've always loved that saying uh, because that's what we're doing. We're trying to maintain and protect our established communities and all the things that make Richmond Hill great, and build new, um, <clears throat> more dense and transit-oriented communities along our transit corridors and. In a lot of ways, we're lucky to have that opportunity that we have Young Street going right up our, our mm -hmm. spine. Yes. But right now, you know, the uh, affordable housing or housing that's affordable to more people right. is really important. I mean, there are so many of us in the community that are going to need housing that's aff more affordable than what's offered right now. And we are in a real housing crisis right now. And it's a big problem. And it needs to be attacked with a lot of partners and a lot of different and unique things that we've maybe never done before. Um, so overarching, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we face now in, in our community and other communities in, in Richmond Hill as well. But at the same time that we're doing that, there's all kinds of other related matters that we have to look out for too, uh, not the least of which is the environment, right? right. I mean, we've got to make sure that we you know, maintain a, a great natural environment. And frankly, in Richmond Hill, I've always thought um, 
that, you know, given that we have got this, you know, gift from Mother Nature of the Oak Ridges Moraine, there are areas on the Moraine that we have cordoned off as not developable, and they need to continue to be in the state that they're in right now, or even an improved uh, ecological state to produce the kinds of benefits that we need as a community. And they're not fringe benefits. They're, you know, benefits that really protect us, you know, from flooding, protect us from the effects of climate change, uh, clean our water. And, and, you know, really importantly, give us a place where we can go and, and recreate. And we're very lucky in Richmond Hill. We have more than our share of really beautiful natural spaces where you can totally get away and, and feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. So all of those things are happening. We have an aging community, um, you know, this gray hair, uh, you know, I'm not dying at gray. It's just happening. I look pretty good. I know things are trendy. Um, but I, I think that, uh, you know, we have an aging community and that aging demographic is going to put challenges and opportunities probably at our doorstep that we need to make sure that we address properly. Right. So do you ever feel, um, now sit, sitting there as mayor and you know, like, it's funny, I, I ask you about your struggle. You talk about the struggle of the city mm-hmm. and they're almost like synonymous, like, yeah. you know, like those are struggles of the city, but in your role now, as you're sitting your, your direct struggle. So, I mean, I imagine one of them is obviously creating consensus and, and the others, right? Um, one of the struggles I imagine might be that, you know, because there's municipal, then there's impact on what provincial law has already decided that impacts yep. or federal that impacts locally. Um, th- th- there must be some type of, I don't want to call it frustration, but maybe that's the right word, that you want to do something, but it's mm-hmm. outside of your, like, this This is coming from somewhere else. And that that's the wave that's taken. Do you ever run into that? Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, and, and without getting partisan. Sure, yeah. You know, the provincial and federal governments are, you know, there. It's the same taxpayer that funds it. It's and we're all pulling in the same rope. Right. We are. All of the things I said are important in it from a municipal point of view to make lives better for people. I, I'm sure that both provincial and municipal uh, leaders feel the same way. I know they do, and, and I, in fact, I know they do from because I've spoken for sure. To them. And again, in fairness, it's how do we get there? But uh, one of the things that I think with in the context of Richmond Hill, I'll only speak for that, but I actually, I will speak for other, because I'm part of the Ontario Big City Mayor's Caucus and a lot of communities feel the same way. We are well-equipped in, in municipalities to deliver the services that people need every single day that are, are foundational to our lives. And we know how to do it. We, in, in fact, we know how to do it better than any other level of government. And I think there's a real um, need in Canada um, that we really need to trust, each level of government needs to trust the other levels of government to do the best thing that they do. And once they've provided the resources that are necessary to get out of the way. And and I think in Richmond Hill, we have a very, very good understanding of of the things that, that our residents need and and you know precisely how they need it and cities i think in in ontario at least and and maybe other places too are not necessarily uh given the jurisdiction to meet all right. of the the challenges that we have um the expectations are there that we will be able to meet those challenges but there are Where the expectations coming from your constituents right as well as uh yeah. the others well, the other levels of government somebody said to me the other day and i and i, I love this that you know in municipal life, and this sums up, you know, a, a councillor or mayor's life quite well. 
you know, the federal government has all the power, the provincial government has all the money, and we have all the problems. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and I, I say that somewhat tongue in cheek, but people will phone us up, uh, phone me up as the mayor and phone other councillors as well about things that have no, we have zero jurisdiction, uh, you know, immigration issues. Right. Right. For whatever reason, they don't know who to call. Right. So the person that's closest to the ground, that person that they know they can trust is, you know, the mayor. Right. And so the mayor will get the phone call and I would love to be able to help them. I mean, not, th not that immigration is a municipal matter. I mean, that's not a, a good example, but um, we need the funding. We need the jurisdiction to be able to take care of all of the things that we're asked to take care of. And, you know, and with, with reasonable strings, I suppose, but with essentially no strings attached. And we can then create municipalities that tru truly reflect the uniqueness that our constituents uh, expect, right? Like our municipality is different than, than any other municipality in Ontario. And that's a good thing, right? I mean, it's good that we're not the same as Kenora. We're not the same as Vaughan. We're not the same as Aurora. And they are all great communities. Right. Um, but they have their challenges and they, they have their exactly. opportunities. And it amazes me when I attend a, a, a leaders conference from municipalities across the province or Canada, there is a lot that ties us together and is commonalities. We can always find something in common. Um, you know, I, I had lunch with the mayor of Gander, Newfoundland the other day, and it was a fascinating conversation. Um, and there's a lot of the same things that are, are common between, you know, us and Gander, Newfoundland, but there's also the context and the details of that are different. And, and that's good. We want places to be different. We want people in Ontario and in Canada to have different communities that they can live. Um, and with different characteristics, and and that's a good thing. You you've been a you've been a member of the municipal government now for a number of years. You were a councillor. I remember you would be serving uh, on the GAC committee actually yep. in that role yep. while you're councillor, and mm -hmm. then you moved into being mayor. Over this time, um, you've seen change. Mm -hmm. um, ha has the uh, has the nature of the job itself changed, or is it just like what has changed? The temperature on politics has definitely risen in this job. There's no question about that. What does that mean, the temperature? Um, the willingness for people to say things that they might not say um, in person, right? I mean, you'll get posts on- Political correctness, you mean? Um, Am I saying it right? Or? Uh, I, I guess maybe that's part of it. But I mean, um, comments are made on social media now without really spending a, a great deal of time vetting what they're saying. And and, you know, it's, it, I, I see a lot of comments that I think are quick to anger, hmm. right? And, and that's too bad because it doesn't help the political discourse uh, along. It, 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 you know, again, we're all pulling on the same rope in the same direction. There really needs to be a great deal of respect to make sure that all voices are heard and so on. But, you know, social media has provided, uh, yes. you know, it, it's become very much more of a thing between the time I was first elected on council and now. Well, you can watch it on YouTube now. Right. right. It's a great opportunity because it helps us to get the word out. It, it yes. allows me to tell my constituents all the things that we're doing on a, on a daily basis. But at the same time, you know, it also isn't necessarily always the best uh, forum to discuss a more complex issue, right? You know, nothing is, is black, nothing is white in municipal politics. Everything is gray. And we need to be able to communicate those subtleties of gray, right? Yeah. And there's value in social media, but it's not always the, the, the best vehicle to do it all on its own. And I think that's why 
it's important that we are getting out the message in different forms. It's a very fractured communication environment now, but we need to keep up with that and make sure that we're doing our due diligence and allowing our, our citizens to know everything that they need to know about being an active participant in their community. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a different environment now, and I'm sure it'll become different as time goes on. I mean, we're at a very quickly evolving, you know, time. I was at a conference and spoke to a, a former mayor of another city mm -hmm. and, uh, he was giving a talk on something completely different. And then he said, um, in one part of it, he said, uh, I was about to stand for my next term, mm -hmm. but I knew even though there was all the support to do it and he's the incumbent. Mm -hmm that he would come in, but he decided not to. Mm -hmm. He says, I couldn't do another term. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. And then I was, and then he kept on going. And so I went up to him after I said, what did, what did you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Because you're saying compassion, you know, all these things, the love for the community, the people. Mm -hmm. And the longer that you do it, the more you realize the need, right? Yeah. For, for serving mm -hmm. the need for the community. Mm -hmm. It's undeniable. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, what would then take a person from realizing that need, right? Mm -hmm. And like, it's always the next chapter, right? So why would the next chapter be not standing again and serving again? When I asked him about it, just like, he talked about like, he's like, no, it, it would break me. And I said, come on, mm -hmm. like, what do you yep. mean? And he says, well, and then he really opened up about the stress that it actually put on him. And I honestly, I look at you having to deal with like things that you can't deal with, mm -hmm. things that are outside of, you know, um, all, like you said, all of these things that are coming down the pipe this way, that way, the other way, there's your family, there's your health, there's all of these things that you're trying to balance. Then on top of all that, you go and make a speech. And I got to say, you're sitting there cool as a cat, um, making jokes to the, to the community and keeping them in that like uplifted spirit. It takes a toll on the person mm -hmm. and some, and this guy said, Hey, I knew I wouldn't be able to pull another term. Mm -hmm. Is the stress that like, it's real. It is. And, and I, how, I, do you, how do you, yeah. Deal with it? Kudos to that person because I mean, self-awareness is really important. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, this is a very important job and I love it, but, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, people need to do what's best for them because, you know, we're, we, you know, we talk a lot about mental health issues and the yes. stress and, yeah. and everything. And, um, you know, knowing when, what your limits are, I think are really important. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I, I've heard many times, oh, you need to have a thick skin. No one has a thick skin. I mean, it, it, I, you don't have a thick skin. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't. You're actually, you take things no. to heart sometimes. You, you do because it's, yeah. it, you're doing this out of a, a real, uh, you're a human being, right? Exactly. And out of, you're doing it out of passion. You're giving your all to this. And if you are giving your all to this, there are things that are going to get through your skin. Having said that, if you're doing the right thing and you're, and you've done your homework and you've done it in the right way, and you're confident that you're doing the best thing you can, that really helps you to get through the the day, right? I know sure. the good days are great. The bad days aren't so great sometimes, but right. you're still, if you know you've done the right thing, then it really helps. But I think that, you know, we, it, I, I'm concerned to hear that type of story. And I've heard that story before because, you know, um, we have young people that are very, that a lot of times I hear feel very alienated from this system. And not just young people, but people look at this and say, well, I, I don't want to have to subject myself to that kind of thing. Absolutely. Those are good people that, that are, that could bring a good perspective to the table that maybe are being discouraged 
because of what they see going on. Absolutely. happening. And that's not good for us. That's not good for our democracy. So I, I am very concerned about that. Um, I, you know, we, we went through a period in Richmond Hill in the last term of council that was very difficult and very stressful. And there was a, a lot of upheaval. Sure. And uh, the, you know, the voters uh, changed the composition of this council significantly. And the very first thing I did uh, when we started was meet with everybody and, and, you know, make sure we're on the same page that we're going to be respectful. We're going to be, um, you know, listening to each other. We're going to be not afraid to bring counter ideas to the table and, and, and debate them thoroughly and passionately. Yeah. You know, I got everybody to sign a pledge that, you know, put that in writing that we were going to act in a way that the public could be very proud of. And I think we've been very, very successful in that, and, I, and I'm very proud of that, and I'm so far very proud of my uh, council for really. It's not just me; it's it's everybody. I mean, I, you know, I'm providing some leadership, but everybody else is is working hard at that, and that's really important because I don't want people ever to feel unwelcome or feel hesitant to come to council and air a view that's respectful but completely contrary to what we're you know, what we're proposing to do because, you know, we want everybody to participate and I want young people to participate. I mean, whenever I look at the council, I mean, you know, it's important that we listen to diverse voices. We look in, in you know, culturally, but also from a, an age perspective, you know, we need more young people at the table and, and women actually is another one, right? I've heard from a lot of women that are not particularly uh, enthusiastic about getting their both feet into politics because it's uh, raucous and right. uh, they're not interested in in doing that. And that's a barrier that a 50% of the population perhaps, you know, uh, feels is something that it's a barrier for them to participate and that's not good. You know? it's, it's reassuring to hear that there are concerns that, that somebody like you has, that you want to see things happen. Um, a lot of times, sometimes I, I was just joking with you the other day saying, sometimes when people look in a mirror, they think you just, you show up at events, you, you take pictures and you wear that cool like badge, <laughs> yes. yeah. a cool badge with the pictures and you're doing this and, uh, yeah, that's really what goes on. You guys get around, uh, you talk about some things and it's a good, it's a good, it's cushy. Yeah. It's how it looks. Yeah. But I think that's just how you, you wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and you present it and, and I think that's the thing is on one hand, you, you know, you're, you're, you're one who encourages people to come forward and participate and you're inclusive that way. Um, the path along the way, uh, is what I, I really wanted to, to, to highlight today is that it's not necessarily easy, but there's this constant attitude that you seem to have this outlook, this mindset that, um, you know, the, the, the challenge was more like a learning opportunity, right? Um, was there ever a time along the way that you said to yourself, mm, <laughs> no, turn around and go back? I mean, yeah? in all honesty, there, there are lots of times where, you know, you're, you've had a long day. It's been a difficult day. Yeah. It, it hasn't gone necessarily the way, uh, that you feel that it should. And, uh, it's, it's a good thing that it's bedtime so you can push <laughs> the reset button and start again yeah. the next morning. It's probably a good reason that there is a bedtime. Exactly. Like, yeah. But I, I think, um, as I said, my, my family has been very, very supportive uh, of this. And, um, you know, and that's incredibly important, at least for me on a, on a personal level. But 
I think it's also, there's always been lots and lots of members of the community that have also been really supportive yes. and doing the very best that we can and the best decisions that we can make is, is definitely something that you can always take comfort in. And if you always feel you've done that, then it makes those bad days better, not perfect, but it makes them better. I don't think there's really been an, a time where I said, okay, that's it. I'm done. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm out of here. Yeah. The days that we get to go out and, you know, be at events and be with people and happy occasions and stuff, that's the stuff that people see all the time. And, and we, and I, I enjoy that. I, yeah. I really do. I love working with people and being with people and so on, but the hard work happens, you know, a lot of times behind the scenes, the good and the bad balance each other out. And, uh, and there's a lot more good. And, and it's, as I said before, it's very exciting um, what Richmond Hill holds in its future. I really, I really am, am excited to be a part of that and to lead some of the initiatives and, and work with great people to, to get there and, and including our citizens. So that's the thing you need to focus on. Right. I got to say, like in the time that you've been on, on council as mayor, I could see that one of your, your, your priorities was to create that cohesion, that chemistry level again. Because you can accomplish so much more now that oh, yeah. if you're not all going in different directions, Absolutely. I'd say that'd be a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah. Um, what other sort of highlights do you have is that you would look back and say, hey, this is great. And these are not, I know you wouldn't say they're Euro highlights, they're Richmond Hills highlights, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, what are you proud of Richmond Hill that we've been able to do recently? Well, there's so much. I mean, I, I, I always tend, I mean. I always tend to gravitate towards the things that are environmentally focused. They're the ones that give me the greatest, you know, personal pleasure. I know a number of years ago, over the last few years, we've we've signed a number of different promises and pledges and so on. Um, starting with the Mayor's Monarch Butterfly Pledge and the Bee City Pledge, and now we've got the Bird Friendly Pledge. <laughs> I know that those don't sound like the most uh, meaty pieces of legislation. But I th I'm really proud of those because they've made a real big difference. You know, we've we've naturalized, you know, acres and acres and acres of of land. We've created a great deal more public awareness of the different uh, the importance of natural habitat for bees, pollinators, and monarch butterflies, and all of those things have made a difference. And you have to look carefully and and know where to look to see. Uh, the the difference that it's made, but I have I I know yeah. where those places are that were once you know big green lawns that are now you know naturalized. They're growing native species and they're helping our environment. They're helping with flooding. They're helping with with uh, pollinating insects, which are incredibly important to our our habitat. They're, we're doing our part for you know to to save monarch butterflies and and they're a real uh, hallmark species. You know in in our fight for the natural environment. Um, but those types of things really are important. Uh, to us and and they're they're on the ground and they're they're making a difference but um you know every time we pass a budget you know for example i always remember hearing from our treasurer that a budget is just a, a money reflection of what we value as a community mm. again i know that's not the thing that people think of right away when they think of the most exciting thing that we've done on council but um, it really is important trying to balance all the, the, the needs of the community and keeping our taxes low is, is a real challenge and it's becoming very, very, very difficult, but you know, we need to work really hard on that and spend the time that we need to spend on it. You know? Yeah. I think it's, it's really important for really for our viewers, people to understand that while you go through uh, things, you have these, these things that are near and dear to you that you still pursue for um you know for the benefit of the community even if sometimes the entire benefit the, the community might not even 
recognize it or fully appreciate it, but to know that there are things that 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 you can then <clears throat> give you give yourself fulfillment on that you look you we achieve these yeah. things. Yeah. So when's the last time you picked up the camera? Uh, well, actually, I opened the camera case the other day and all my batteries were dead. So <laughs> it's obviously been a long time. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I dabble with it like you want to. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I no time for I, it. I don't. I don't have the time. And I, and I, I, I think um, in the days that, like before, I was doing this professionally. I, you know, I would run around in the forest with my camera. I mean, I was a kid at yeah. that time, and I took a great deal of pleasure, you know, in just creating, you know, capturing uh, natural scenes and so on. Um, yeah, I'll get back to that someday, but, uh, for now I very much appreciate the art that's happening. Actually, we just had a, uh, finished a, a photo contest that we opened up to the citizens of Richmond Hill to photograph their favorite place in, in Richmond Hill as a part of the Richmond Hill 150, uh, birthday celebration. Right. And I got to tell you, I, I was presented with all the entries on the day that the entry deadline closed and was completely inspired by the artistry and the beauty of of what people had submitted, and we we have over a hundred entries that we're going to be um, you know uh, showcasing soon. And I have to tell you, I, I was a little bit jealous, and there was a little bit of um, I got to go out there. <laughs> They're getting good out there. there doing these kids. Things. So yeah. I I I have I've been inspired by by that for sure. What I found interesting on that was that at first you were only going to showcase. How many? Like two or five of them? Oh yeah, but there were so many good. And then you saw the rest of them and you said, Yeah, find the money. We gotta show all of this. Yeah. That strikes me, honestly, to hear to hear that about like there was a decision. It it yeah. was like this was all that you were gonna show at first, then you expanded. And I think that's what I uh, as a as a resident, as a part of this community, I really like about Richmond Hill is that we we take time for things like that mm -hmm. and we value things like that. And that's really what makes it, like you said, you know, build, you're building the city in a town, like a neighborhood, yep. but you yep. still want to hang on to that, that neighborhood feel where people yep. look around for each other. They appreciate each other's work. Yep. And imagine like, you know, nobody would have batted an eye if you said, look, the rule said we were only going to take 10. Yeah. So too bad for the other 90 or yeah. whoever. Yeah. They would have understood. Yeah. But they should know that, you know, you could have said that, but you included everybody yeah. in that. And no, well, they were really good too. I mean, it was, it was, it was a very easy decision, but I, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, Richmond Hill has always struck me as a place where, you know, we are uh, uh, certainly growing as a larger city, but we, we, you know, I always want to make sure that we do whatever we can to continue with that uh, intimacy that the, that a, a smaller city can still have right and i think that's something that i i've always seen about richmond hill and it's a challenge i mean we're integrating lots and lots of new people into our community um some of them have, have come from you know every single corner of the earth yeah and uh and we have a real opportunity in and this is part of one of the things i would i find exciting is to be able to integrate all these different people and all of their different cultures and traditions and celebrations uh into our community and like I do joke sometimes that if you're uh, savvy enough on, you know, different cultural celebrations, you can pretty much have a party 365 days a year in Richmond Hill without ever getting on an airplane. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it really is quite amazing. And what we have to learn from each other is truly amazing. Like we are the world here in Richmond Hill and, uh, and the opportunities that that presents itself are huge, you know? Um, I was just thinking about that, you know, when you talked about 
you said federal, provincial, municipal, but then there's global too, right? I mean, that's what's going on. Yes. And you, the whole world congregates here, like lives here, really, you know, in so many ways. Yeah. And so what goes on in the world or all these these cultures that are coming together, that presents, while it presents opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, there's tech, like you talked about, social media, uh, development, uh, housing that's affordable, and then environment. Yep. And all of this has to be balanced out. Yep. And I can't imagine a time that's been more challenging mm-hmm. to this office. Because mm-hmm. you're sitting here, like you said, grassroots, yep. and things are moving on a global level. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you 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 really got to deal with that level of momentum mm-hmm. um, right here and keeping this. And then you also have parts of this neighborhood, this, this town, people have been here for decades. Mm-hmm. And love the fact that they can walk around and look at someone and say, hey, hello. And they know who those people's kids are and their birthdays. Yeah. And keeping that feel. Yeah. I really would like to see that feel stay. Yeah. I love the neighborhood. Yeah, sure. How do you plan on doing that? <laughs> well, I, you know, again, it gets back to this whole idea that, that um, you know, we are going to grow. Um, and, and, you know, we can't be afraid of change. I mean, staying the same forever, you're moving backwards, you're not moving forwards. Hmm. But I think that, um, you know, the the plan in Richmond Hill, generally speaking, is that we have the opportunity to intensify, revitalize, revitalize and create really dynamic communities uh, along the spines that we have in particularly Young Street. Mm-hmm. And then in certain uh, nodes along Young Street, especially. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be where most of our growth is going to be in in the coming years and decades. But uh, and that's great because I mean it can be transit oriented. They, we can take advantage of the the transit infrastructure that you know has cost us uh, as as you know t- provincial and and uh, national taxpayers quite a bit. Um, you know the subway is coming. I mean it'll get here eventually. Um, but all of that to say that uh, I would like as much as we can to continue to maintain the the uh, established subdivisions that we uh, uh, have always valued in in Richmond Hill as much as we possibly can. Now, there will still be some changes that happen in those subdivisions, but we do our very best to maintain the character. And it is not easy. Um, You know, there's a lot of of pressures and uh, and, uh, things that need to to happen in order to balance that. But that's our job. And that's what we need to have all hands on deck. And when I mean all hands, not just council, it needs to be the community, it needs to be stakeholders. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, one of the overlying uh, things right now that's important is um, is affordability, mm. right? We need places for our kids to uh, buy their home and, and stay in Richmond Hill. We need places for people who are retiring and, and want to stay here but need to, you know, unlock some of the equity in their house. They need a place to stay here. Uh, newcomers, you know, need to, uh, a place to stay. I mean, the businesses that we have here in Richmond Hill need employees in all different uh, wage categories and it's way better we can compete way more if we have those people you know within walking distance or a short commute of their place of business so all of these these things have to be considered as we look to our growth but you know we've gone through an extensive official plan update which we're getting towards the tail end of and that will map out our our physical growth uh, into the future plus our infrastructure needs plus our, our, you know, park needs, amenity needs, you know, fire and emergency service needs, you know, all of that. So I'm excited. One, uh, that's good to hear that you're excited. That's to keep that excitement mm-hmm. level. Um, 
one of the things I remember uh, we chatted on earlier was that you didn't believe in someone in this position staying on for many, many mm -hmm. terms and that there's this idea of that you, you, you espouse that it's good to have that change in the guard, change in perspective, mm -hmm. update, refresh. So since you're not planning to say for yourself, you know, you got the next chapter that's going to be coming. What is it that you would say if you, if you were talking to somebody 10, 20 years from now in this seat, what would you say to them that you'd, you'd love to see connect from today till then? Yeah, that's a good question. As a matter of fact, it's funny you say that because we were doing a time capsule. Oh, you are. I, I had to write a letter to the future mayor, so I kind of just <laughs> did that. Okay, that's um, interesting. Uh, you know, I think, I mean, technology is going to change. Um, you know, we were, <laughs> in this letter, we were talking about the, you know, maybe make reference to flying cars. I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. Uh, you know, the Jetsons aren't fully here yet. But I think that in reflecting on writing that, the underlying factors of a great community, I can't imagine have changed ever and probably won't, right? I mean, it's still all about people, you know, again, referring to Dave, our late mayor, Dave Barrow, you know, his, his the, the quote that he has in Dave Barrow Square is, it's all about community. And it always is all about community and how we create those communities and how we create that sense of belonging and and, and all of that, I can't imagine that those principles will really change. How we get there might change, but I would say that any leader now or in the future um, needs to have a firm understanding that, you know, they're there to serve the community. They're there to, to do what's best for the community in this day and age, but also in the, in the future, right? Set up the community for success. And I don't think some of those basic fundamental things will change. I mean, how they communicate to the public, that'll change how they uh, interact with the public, that might change. But the the things that they say and the things that they need to do to create a great community will probably all, you know, will probably stay fundamentally the same. Um, and, and so I guess this is then lastly, then what would you say to those people who are sitting there contemplating, you know, hey, I'm just a whatever. Mm -hmm. um, what difference can I possibly make in, you know, in this and and the path that you've taken is so relatable to them. Yep. Um, you never saw yourself necessarily doing it. They don't see themselves right now doing no. it. One one of the things I think that's important is be an active participant in your community. You know, be and that's how I started too. Like I I did a lot of volunteering and getting involved and and being actively engaged in something, whether it be the soccer association because your kid plays soccer. You know, the, the, the neighborhood organization, a neighborhood watch committee, some social club. I mean, it doesn't matter. Just get involved, get to know with, you know, what's going on in your community, be active, read the news, be critical of the news, um, mm. but be engaged because, um, you know, the thing is in, in our democracy, I mean, there's, there's the basics of like, you got to vote. That's kind of a basic fundamental thing. But I would also say that you really have to be informed you should also really be informed when you vote. You need to be knowing what's going on in your community. Like we're not, we're, it's better, a community and a democracy are always better when people aren't just all along for the ride, right? They're, they're taking some part in, in driving the ship, you know, and it can be a, it, it can be a small thing. It can be a big thing. It can be anything in the middle, but essentially that's, you know, how I ended up getting here and being inspired to get here was that. I've just always been really interested in what's going ar around me 
And that's not to say everybody has to be uh, an elected official. That's not everybody's path and that's totally fine. But um, if that's the way you're wired and if that's the where your future leads you, then take the opportunity. Um, but if it's not, I mean, there's so many people in our community that I completely admire that are running the food bank, that are running a social club, that are coaches on baseball teams, that are, are you know, part of their neighborhood watch group, that are, you know, there's so many people doing so many great things um, in our community. And, you know, we're there to lead and create policy to set the framework for the community. But it, those people are the ones that are making the magic happen in so many corners of our community. And in it, I would encourage everybody to, to give as much of your time and your energy and your thought um, as you can to, to do that, because that all makes us stronger. Thank you. No, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming out. And uh, I mean, we've always had this, um, this talk or this show on just the, the challenges people have um, on their way to wherever they're going. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and clearly like, you know, some, some navigate it, it seems smoothly, you know, as they go through it and others really, really struggle. They get, they get stuck at a certain, mm -hmm. you know, spot and, and, um, uh, I, I got to say, I admire how you've got to also probably have Michelle come here one day and give us her perspective, yeah. right? <laughs> Cause she'll see a completely different angle on this, but really to see the challenges that, that you face and how you just kept looking, you keep looking forward mm -hmm. Uh, and you keep drawing on what they might call like the transferable stuff, knowing that inside of you, hey, listen, I got, I got everything I need right here to be able to just carry on doing what's being presented in front of me. So I really appreciate you sharing that. No, you're welcome. Um, talking about like the challenges and the opportunities and the wins of the city and looking forward to like, uh, seems like a great future we've got planned. Yep. I agree. Thank you.